All right. Thank you, babe. So we're baptizing today at the end of service. So uh, baptismal team and all of those that are involved with that, if, if we happen to, or if I happen to kind of get going at the end and it looks like I'm not going to call for who needs to be called up, y'all just go ahead and move. And we're going to have a baptism today at the end of service. Thank God for those that turn their hearts to the Lord again and again and again. I thank God for those that get rebaptized. I was one who got rebaptized, and uh, it meant a lot more to me the second go around, second time around, because I don't even know if I understood what baptism even was the first time I was baptized. It was kind of like, hey, somebody said I need to do it, and I don't even know why, but I'm just doing it. Then as you study the Word of God, which actually, when you study the Word of God, you, you everybody got this book? You got this book? How many of y'all, you got, a, you got a black one? You got, a, you got brown? They got all colors. Anybody got a, a nice, lovely pink Bible? Any of the ladies got a pink Bible? Oh, bright pink right there, hot pink. <clears throat> now, what you have to do, there's knowledge and power in here in deliverance, healing. You, you break it open. Yeah, that's the first step is you're going to break it open and you start flipping those pages and you read them. <laughs> I know it's silly, but it's what we, we have to know that all of us, most, I'd say probably 99.9, I'm going to say 100, maybe somebody's here, you're, you're testing it out, you're testing the waters. Christians, we say, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord. He's got a word for you. He's got instruction for you. So be careful that you don't feel like that you've arrived or you know it all, but, and all of the word and the instruction that you're going to get is whatever I can fit on a couple of pieces of notebook paper and highlight, that's your word for the week. Or maybe that's your word for the month. Or maybe that's your word for the year. I'm just saying. So be careful that you don't rely on somebody else to bring you your spiritual food. You need it. You need to hear somebody else. You need to hear somebody stirring you on and pumping you up because you can get in a rut. But I want to ask anybody here today that you're going to rely on on somebody else to bring you the food that you need for your body for the rest of the week, for the rest of the month? Is anybody here going to just go to the house and just park it in the recliner and say, man, I know I'm going to get hungry. I sure hope that somebody brings some food by my house. I don't know, maybe somebody's got Meals on Wheels. This is not Meals on Wheels. God says you need to interact, you need to open up, you need to delve into this yourself and get some of me. But we don't do that for our, our, our physical body. We get in the kitchen. We cook. We go to the store. We look around. We buy and we buy and we buy. Anybody? We got any impulse buyers in here? Yeah, that's me. My wife hates taking me to the grocery store because we're going we're gonna to go in there for some good food and we're going to walk out with some Pop-Tarts with sprinkles on them and some, some sugary dessert cereal. I have a friend of mine. He, he calls it dessert cereal. So uh, you know what I'm talking about, those, those, that good cereal. So... Be careful what you're bringing in, but the main thing I want to get the point, the point across to everyone here today is don't rely on a pastor to bring you what you need in your spirit. And there's a lot of ways to get things in your spirit. What are you watching? What are you listening to? The gates, these gates, what do you allow in? I want you to put some good stuff in because I know when you put that good stuff in, good stuff is coming out. Amen? 
All right, be th- uh, we've got a big expansion going on over here. Uh, be thinking about that end of the year sacrificial gift that we've been talking about. I'll touch on that move on. We're going to move on from that because that is something that God has really put on our hearts to, to expand and grow. Thankful so far that we've been able to pay for all of that in cash. There's some big checks that got to be written to, put, to finish all that out. But we thank God for his provision. We don't have a lack of vision around here, okay? There's vision, and we know that God is going to give the provision through this body, through this body. You know, the Bible says that, that we will be blessed from a man's hand. Through a man's hand, God will give to you and bless you, and we thank God that he is moving on people. He's moving on me and my wife. We are giving and my, uh, my family, and uh, we, we praise God for the gifts that have come in to pay for that project out there. And I told Spencer, I said, as soon as that project is finished, let's go ahead and start talking to another architect about the next move and the next building. We praise God for being able to buy this 16 acres and that two acres, and we've got to figure out what are we going to do because, God, we know that you are doing and doing and calling and calling and bringing in and bringing in. There's a big harvest. You don't go out all week long and plant, 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 or go in the spring and plant, 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 and then the rains come and say, oh, man, I I don't know what I just did, but I hope that harvest is coming. The harvest is coming, and the harvest is ripe. Everyone in here, we've been planting. You've been telling someone about your testimony. You've been sharing the word of God, what God has done for you, and it's powerful. And can we get a hand praise right now for what he's done for us? How many of y'all come from from nothing? Come on. Yes. I see. This is what I see. I see that just, yes, it's me. Everything in one big old hand wave. I saw it. And when you plant, and you sow that seed, just know that the harvest is coming. And we're ready. We're ready. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, that you raise us up to be more than we ever thought we could be. Lord, for those that are here today and they have lost their way, I pray that you would stir their hearts today. Let conviction move into this place. Lord, we don't want to just profess your name but lord we want to live your name we want to live this word of god we want to be true to your word and we want to be true blue christians loving you with you in our hearts stir us up god stir up the gift that you've given to us lord there are those here today with hopes and dreams that they've been suppressing since they were a small child but lord i pray today that you would stir it up stir it up in me stir it up in them that we will do your work we are called to be disciples Lord, raise up disciples in this place. Man or woman, boy or girl, it does not matter. We are disciples. We are here to enlarge your kingdom for your coming is soon. And we we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you're coming soon. But, Lord, in the meantime, we pray that you help us to do your work. Everybody say in Jesus' name. I'm preaching today on, on a title that I put on this called A Routine Victory. A Routine Victory. How many of you are here today and you're ready to quit hearing about the victory, and you would just, you know, I would kind of like to raise my hand and say, you know what, I'd like to experience some victory here and there. You know, I, I would like to experience it. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you have a victory in your life. But, hey, uh, don't forget, don't forget me. God, don't forget me. I want to experience a victory. So I had this picture kind of picked out to put with this message because we're going to kind of touch on today the routine of life. 
And the routine of life can be difficult. It can get hard. How many understand when I say it can be a grind? It can be a grind. Now, for some of you, that grind starts Monday morning. Let's have a feel sorry for me moment. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you say? Who gets up in the morning? you got to get up for work at 7 in the morning. Raise your hand. You have to be up by 7. I know I'm, you're like, are you kidding me? What kind of life do y'all live? you got to be up by 7. Now, if you have to be up by 4, you should have raised your hand already. So just raise your hand at 7. All right. Now we're going to do some hand takedown. Who got to be up by 6? If you got to be up by 6, r- lower your hand. All right. How many has got to be up by 5? You keep your hand up. I don't know if I'm making sense here. How many, if you got to be up by five, in the, if in the morning you've got to be up by five, you keep that hand up. 4.30. Oh, gracious. 4 a.m. you got to be up by 4 a.m. Oh, my goodness. I feel, I feel sorry for these folks. 3.45. 3.30. Three a.m. You got to be. Who's leaving to go to work right after service? (laughs) My point is, some of you have a. You got a serious grind. You. It's hard. And don't we just love getting up early in the morning? Oh, I. I had a friend of mine that I worked at. He said, Let's, we're going to work out together. Let's work out together. We're going to get up at 5.30 in the morning. I tried working out at 5.30 in the morning for like a year. Hated it the entire time, and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I'm ready to experience some of the things I've been hearing about with others. Let's go to the Bible right now. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. If you've got your Bibles, let's go there quickly. If y'all could, could y'all reset that clock for me just real quick, and I'll be aware of it. They, they got me 10 minutes in already. I'm just now getting to this scripture. Come on. <laughs> Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Let's read it one more time. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, Lord, I thank you that we're going to have something good come in when we want it. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that's coming for that job that I'm going to put in for. And it's going to happen tomorrow morning when I go to that interview. I know it's going to happen right then. No, in the proper time. In the proper time. I want to deliver a message today of hope for somebody. You're doing your best but you're not seeing the increase in a season of harvest. Around everybody else, there's a season of harvest going on, but you don't see the fruit. You've got the roots. You've been praying. You've been fasting. The tree has grown out. You've got the foliage on there. You're in the season of harvest, and you're looking, and you're like, man, alive, I can't break any fruit off of these branches and vines. I don't have any fruit. I'm speaking to somebody here today that's in that situation. Look at someone today and say, been there, done that. Yeah. You know, we could all say that. For those of you who didn't say it, I mean, I'll say it for you. Been there, done that. Everything looks good for everybody else. Not so much for me. 
Sometimes it's hard to be faithful when nothing is happening. Nothing exciting. Frustration can set in if it is allowed. And some may say, but pastor, I deserve favor. I deserve that favor. Have you not seen how many times I come to church? I'm here today. I'm coming tonight. Tuesday, CR. I got to make sure we don't just say CR, celebrate recovery only. It's Tuesday night, help night. Hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. A help night. And I need help. And I'll own it and admit it that I need help. And I'm going to be there Tuesday. I'm going to be there early Wednesday, hitting that coffee bar, jumping up and down, raising my hands. If there's something on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm coming to that. God, I do a lot for you. I drive that van. I teach that Sunday school class. Lord, I deserve. I mean, come on, God. How many of y'all have been praying to God and you say something like that? Lord, give a brother a break. I need a break, God. Come on, God. I've done so much. There is a blessing in the routine. And I'm sorry that some of you are having to face a, a little bit longer of a test than someone else. It is a test of your faith. And this routine of getting up, going somewhere, doing something, living for the Lord, it's a test. It's a routine. And there is power in the routine. But there is also a curse in the routine. And every one of us have a routine. It's, it would be funny if we could have some camera footage from your house. I mean, let me just tell you, like, my routine. It's, you get up. I don't like to get up. I don't care if I've been asleep for 15 hours. How, can anybody join? Is anybody like that? You're like, I don't care if I got, well, 15 hours is a lot. But if I got a full night's rest, I'm like, oh. And I've gotten to where, even when I get up to do things I love to do, like if I'm going to go on a, a duck hunt or if I'm going to go on a deer hunt trip, and I've gotten kind of where, I'll be honest with you, my wife can vouch for this. Y'all know I've talked about it so much. I love to hunt. And uh, there's been lots of times this past deer season where I just didn't get out of bed. And my friends are like, you kill a deer, you kill a deer. Well, you got to go. <laughs> There's a message in that. I mean, have you received what God's got for you? Have you, have you, have you well, you got to open it up. I mean, hey, you, you got to go. You're going to just show up. But the routine, you know, get up in the morning, you know, put the house shoes on, maybe, and, you just, and you're going to the coffee pot. You know where it's at, so you just barely squint your eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm an early morning, just squint the eyes, just... I wear contacts. I sleep in my contacts. I'm sorry for my optometrist if he's watching. Not supposed to do that. And, and just rubbing. And, and it's a routine that it's set in. 
And you don't even think about some of the things you're doing. Now listen, you need, what you need to have is a routine to where this right here comes out every morning. And here, here's what needs to happen. It needs to be like this to where when you can't get in the Word of God, when you don't get your prayer time, when you don't get your alone time, it becomes something that kind of, you're going to guilt yourself. Nobody else has to guilt you. You're like, man, alive. I'm mad that something happened first thing this morning and stole my time with God. And I'm telling you, you will get to that point where it's like, man, that aggravates me. That aggravates me that something happened first thing this morning and stole my time and my relationship and my routine with God. Now, there is a message in the routine to where it is only routine. Well, I wake up and I say, or maybe you don't even pray in the morning. I'm just going to recite the prayer. We, everybody knows for it not. Now I lay my head to rest. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I, I've already, I don't know that prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die, what a man. Let's, we were having our kids say that prayer. Can you think about that? We got five and six-year-olds saying, if I... If I should die before I wake, you need to pray to Jesus, little Johnny, little Susie, because he might kill you tonight while you're sleeping. You have been so rotten and so bad, you better pray that the Lord don't take you home tonight if he might decide to kill you before you wake. So if he does, you need to pray right now. I pray the Lord my soul to take you got to think about some of this stuff. I, you say it, we say, it's, but you know what? It's routine, it's routine, routine. It's just, uh, I'm supposed to read my word. I'm, I'm supposed to pray. Lord, touch me today. Help me to have a good day as always. You know, it's just a routine prayer, just a routine prayer. But God wants to take this routine. He wants to mix some of y'all's routine up a little bit to where this routine has some power in it. There is power in some routine. Like I said before, there is also some curse in some routine. You can just be stuck and you're stuck and you're not moving forward because your routine is just routine. It's routine. Be careful to never be jealous of the favor on someone else's life. Just continue for yourself to be obedient to God. Obedience and consistency to his word will in due time, like we heard already in red, reap a harvest. God needs someone to know today. He has extraordinary favor and blessings in store for you. You have to stay consistent, stay faithful, and stay obedient to the Word of God. I want to read to you right now from 1 Samuel 17, verses 12 through 15. This is the story. We're talking about David in this story, and it's already into the point where he, it's uh, Goliath is on the scene. And I, I know we just went there just the other day, now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. I'm sorry. We're starting in verse 12 and I started like in 17. I don't know what in the world. I think I, a two starts looking like a seven when you, when you sleep in your context. And I'll be 48 uh, in January my wife and I just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary. I'm so blessed to be married to a beautiful woman that loves God, 
and uh, happy for that. Verse 12, now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old, well-advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was, the firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah, and David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to, to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. This is the part that I saw in the Word of God that was routine. Back and forth. There's a war. It's awesome. A young, think about all, here's the action that's available to a young man at that time. They don't have TikTok. They don't have Facebook. They don't have videos. They don't have video games. I mean, they got rocks. They got sticks. They got swords. They got shields. They got horses. They got just things that are just like this. So if there's an opportunity to have something, some action, and there's a lot of testosterone pent up in these young men, and they're like, let's go do something. Let's destroy something. There's no basketball game. Football was not invented. They can't go out and play sports. Their sport was like, uh, who are we killing today? Who are we going to fight today? And David, who's the youngest, wants to be in on the action. He wants to go to the football game. He wants to be on the yard line. He wants to be running around the bases, so to speak. He wants in the action, but he can't get there because he's got to go back and forth, tending the sheep, bringing the food, tending the sheep. You know he had to be like... Man, a lot. This stinks, man. This stinks. Now, some of y'all would probably put another word there, but I'm not going to say that. But man, man, this stinks. This is so boring. I got to bring my brother some food. But that's how David was feeling it. Back and forth, his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, now we're in verse uh, 17, let me see here, I'm moving back a little bit too far, but we'll end with this, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. That's the point that I need to pull out right now and make to you today is that routine was wearing him out, it, but it was a test and we have to ask ourselves today, where would David be? Would David be the king that he needed to be and God was going to call him to be if he was not going to be faithful in the small things in the routine of life? It was a test for him. And I'm telling you, it is a test for you even today that will you, when you don't see the results, will you, when you don't have the exciting Victory that you so long to have. Will you stay faithful in the routine? Or will you just allow your routine to change into one of a loser or one who is defeated? Because there is a defeated routine and there's a victorious routine. There is a routine victory. And when I think about a routine victory, this is what I see. I know I make a lot of sports analogies, and I've already done it today. It's not in the notes, but this is coming to me so strong right now, uh, an analogy right now of a routine victory. This is the type of victory that when you show up on the field 
and you look at the other team, you're like, oh, man, who are we playing next? Because we're going to beat them. Who are we playing next? That's already the mindset because you know that your team and your skills and everything you have is so good, you don't even have to think about this one. You're already worried about the next one. And I'm telling you today, when you get to that point spiritually, you will know that when the devil wants to throw up that old trick or that old play that he's played on you time and time and time again, you say, oh, I'm fixing to have a routine victory on you, baby. I'm fixing to just, I mean, this is like, I'm fixing to just walk all over you. This is just routine. You start to get used to, your routine becomes one of, I start to get used to winning. I'm used to winning. I am used to being on top. I'm used to showing up and getting the gold trophy, the little plastic gold man that we all covet. And we're like, we, it's so funny to me. There's so much effort that goes into winning a plastic gold man on top of some plastic that's just cheap. And I, really, I know what it is. I know. We've been there, done that. But I'm telling you, God's got a trophy that is so great. We've got a hope and a future of eternal life. We've got a hope and a future of a blessed life. You don't have to wait until you go to heaven to have a blessed life, a life full of abundance and joy and happiness. For those of you that are here today and you walked in, you're like, man, I'm at the same old woman, the same old kids, same old job. And you like the country song? You say, I hate everything. That's not an abundant life that God wants you to have now you can change that but you got to change your routine you need to change sir ma'am you need to change your routine because your routine stinks it does let's just be honest some of us our routine stinks and we have this routine and we're like how do I keep getting the same results would you have the same sorry, don't love Jesus, don't give him your time, don't give him of your, your time, talent, treasure, whatever, however you want to say it, you don't give God much of anything, but you want a whole lot of everything. If you will change that routine, if you will give God everything, he will give you everything. Amen. He will. Too many people want to be on the stage without going through the stages. Too many people want to be on the stage without going through the stages. There are stages in this routine. There are stages in this walk of life. There are stages in saying and professing, I'm a Christian, I love God, I'm enjoying the blessings and the benefits of God. Well, for all of you who are enjoying the benefits and the blessings of God, can I get a hand raise or wave at somebody and give them some hope and say, I had to go through some rough Stages. I mean, I will raise my hand and wave to you and say, hey, I, there's some rough stages right here. For me to have this hand up right now, there's been some rough stages. There's been some times where the routine of life and the routine was rough. But we want to offer you hope. Don't come into this house. Don't come into God's house and say, can't be done. Can't, I can't get there from here. I don't care where you're at. You can get to anywhere from anywhere. We used to have people that would come. We had a fa- my father-in-law was a family business, a store, and they stop in. And they say, 
We've got to get, I, it was so funny. I played a jokes on lots of people. They pull in there and we're not far from the Rust State Railroad. And they come in there and they say, I got, they have a whole bus load or van fulls of kids and they're running late. You can see them coming in. Hey, uh, can y'all can tell us how to get to the railroad? We got a whole bunch of kids. They're, they're supposed to leave in like 30 minutes. We, we got to get out there. We're running late. Can you? And I would just calmly say, oh man, I, man, I hate that. You, you can't get there from here. You would be surprised at the men. Because that one, that one kind of is funny to me. But there are men, and I was like, the men? I'm like, you, you didn't catch the joke. And they would immediately go, oh, I knew it. <laughs> Sir, um, you can get to anywhere from anywhere. I will give you directions to China from Russ, Texas. You're gonna to have to go to that. You're gonna to have to go actually the opposite direction to an airport, catch a flight, connecting flight, and you can get to China from Rusk. You can. Somebody needs to hear this today. You, wherever it is you want to be, wherever it is in your marriage, wherever it is with those children, you're like, I can't get there. It can't happen. It just will not happen. It cannot happen with my family. I can't get there from here. You will get there when you get there. And you can get there from anywhere. Amen. Dig in. Grow some roots. For those of you that are facing some storms, you need to know this, that the tallest trees face the highest winds and the most movement up there in the treetop. So if you're facing some stuff, just know that the highest trees, the tallest trees face the strongest winds. But I'm going to tell you what, those tall, tall trees, they got some deep roots. I'm speaking to some people today. This is what I'm trying to get across to all of us today. You just don't see what you want to see. But I'm telling you, I'm thankful today that you're where you need to be spiritually. You've got the deep roots. You've been praying. You've been fasting. I just need you to hang on through the routine because a routine victory is coming to you and your family and your house today. Dig in. Grow some deep roots. Matthew 25 and 23. Faithful over a few things, now ruler over many. And somebody says, well, pastor, I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm running in circles. Let's read Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. Let me turn there. I thought, I'm sorry. I thought that I had uh, written it down. I, Jeremiah chapter 18. Y'all are waiting on me. I know it. One through six. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best. Well, this is good. As seemed best to him. Lord, I... I want that job. Lord, I, I'm after that woman. Lord, I'm after that man. That's who I'm after. Y'all, be, be careful. Because, you know, I'll speak, you know, just, this just to the women just for a second. You know, they want them six feet tall, six-figure income, six-pack abs. We already heard about that. You gotta be careful, all you know. You think a six, six, six? You might. You better be careful what you're praying for. You might be getting the devil. So just 
You know, be careful that you're like, I, I won't, Lord, I won't, I'm going after that man. And Lord, if I will help you when you need my help, Lord, let me help you and let me mold and make you, Lord, into what I need you to be for me, what I need you to be for me. Lord, that ain't how this works. We pray, Lord, I'm, I'm clay in your hands. Lord, just mold me and make me. If we look at the word of God and how he's speaking to us, he says how he wants it. Shaping it as seemed best to him. Verse 5, then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. They're going to play a video for, for y'all right behind me. There's no audio with it, so don't think that you're missing out on not having any audio. It is just showing you what happens with a, a ball of mud. Does anybody, anybody here today, you, maybe you feel like my life right now, I just feel like you just slapped a big old ball of mud on the table and that's me. But what I, what I want us to watch and look at in this is, did you see how it was built up and then it was pressed down? And then it was built up and then it was pressed down. That clay has got to be worked. And sometimes you may feel like, oh, here we go. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. Oh, no, that's psych. I just gave my age away. Anybody in here even know what that word means? Yeah. The younger generation, you're like, got him. <laughs> All right. So build up. Break it down, and but it, there is so much that happens in this process of building up from a ball of mud. I want to focus on one thing right now, and that's where is the ball of mud? It is right, perfectly centered on the wheel. You have got to get this to be number one, centered in your life. You have to have this to be number one. God has got to be number one. If you make God number two, what you did in essence is you took that ball of mud and you just set it off about a quarter inch to the right. And I'm telling you, it can make a huge difference if you don't give God everything. And that's why he says, I will spew you out of my mouth. I would rather you be hot or cold. But don't come up on my wheel saying, Lord, bless me. Lord, mold me. Lord, make me. And be a quarter inch off spiritually. Because if that happens, all of a sudden, this thing starts getting really out of whack. I mean, it's off balance. And then it's a mess. And everything just gets slung on the walls. A muddy mess. But I will tell you, even in your muddy mess, even in the tough times, even in what you're facing, God, and this is what God did for me. He took my mess that was slung all over the walls, slung a mess. And he gathered it up. It, I was broken. I'm telling you, I was broken. And God gathered it up. Y'all know what I mean. Man, we, we, you get to that point, you're like, man, I'm about as low as I can get. I'm broken. I am down and out. I used to be just down. That was tough. Now I'm down and out. I'm on my last nerve. You know, you, when you get on that last nerve, anybody ever been to the last straw? You got a whole box of straws, and you're like, I'm good, I'm good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Oh, <laughs> last straw. I don't know. That's where some people get. 
But this is what, y'all don't have to play it again. I know y'all put it on a loop, but that, that served the purpose. Thank you so much. Thank you, media team, for helping out. You're great. Good job for y'all. The spinning of the wheel is an example of a spiritual routine. You get down on the wheel, reading the word. I'm reading the word. I'm showing up. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Up, down. Oh, Lord, why, why you want to smash me down all the way, God? Just hang on. Just hang on. Just hang on. I got a little tool I'm going to use. I'm going to use my hand. I'm going to use the hand of God here for a minute. I'm fixing to put both hands on you. Some of y'all need both hands like, Lord, anoint me. Why? I mean, Lord, come on. But be, it's, some don't want to say that prayer. Some don't want to say, Lord, mold me and make me into what you would have. Pliable, obedient. You're in alignment. That will be upward growth. Hardened and out of alignment becomes a mess. Praise team, y'all can come on up. I'm wrapping it up. God wants to turn your mess into a miracle. From mud to miracles. Nobody raising their hand, but there's people here today that you feel like, I'm a big fat mud pie. Did any of y'all ever do that when you were kids? Yeah. We did that. And, and we made those mud pies. And I don't know why we, we weren't going to eat them. But we made those mud pies. And, you know, if you had a sister, any, any of you guys, you had a sister, and she's like, come out here and help me. We're going to play house, and we're going to make mud pies. And, and it turned into a mud fight and slinging, and somebody's crying and getting hit and all that. So what would we do? we take that mud pie, and you set it up on a board or someplace in the sun, and that mud pie would dry out. It made a really good weapon, you know, later on for the dirt clod wars. So you set that up there in the heat. Come on, hear me, hear me here. You set that up there in the heat. You set that up there in the sun. You need to be out. He's molded you, and he's making you some of you are in the process of being made into what you need to be. And you, and you get to that point, and that's as far as you get. Because it's just, I want to come to one powerful service. I'll go to a revival. I'll go to one help night class. I'll read my word for one week. I'll, I'm going to, oh, I'm on, it's January 1st. I'm going to turn over a new leaf, followed by a whole bunch of old leaves. But I'm going to turn over this new leaf and I'm going to read my word every day. And four days later, you're like, oh, man, this is boring. This is, the routine of this is kind of just wearing me out. I'm, a new leaf. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to seek God. I'm, I'm going to turn it to 89.5 because I quit playing the Christmas music. And now we're, on Chris, now we're on Christian music. And I'm going to listen to 89.5. Listen, I can't even listen to 89.5. I'm so real with y'all. I cannot handle if the trees and the winds and the rocks and the waves will work. i got to have me some worship, powerful music. I need some elevation worship. I need something in my truck. Look. Find what works for you. Maybe you love classical Christian music with harps. I, whatever works. You got to find what works for you. But you need that routine to be something that you will stick with. In the physical world, they say, 
Find a workout that you will do day in and day out. You are not going to go to the gym every single day and work out for four hours, drink your pre-workout, go run the track for two miles, run some bleachers, and then later on that evening hit another lick. You ain't going to do that for maybe two days and you're burnt out. You're done. The one who's going, the one who's, it's the award and the trophy is given to the one who finishes the race. Who it's, it's to the one that stays the course, that locks in on the routine, that finishes the race. So find something that you can do tomorrow, you can do Tuesday, you can do Wednesday, and then once you work that routine, up it. You don't get stronger by doing the same thing every single time. You need to have more weight put on you. That potter, every once in a while you saw him, He sometimes it's spinning, spinning, spinning. Why did you do that to me, Jesus? Don't you worry, because I'm in charge. Build it back up. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings. Lord, I'll serve you. I'm going to be on this potter's wheel centered with you, number one, as long as I'm coming up. I'm coming up. Here we go. I'm going to be this big, beautiful thing. Mm. Oh, God, the routine. Lord, what are you doing with me? David said, what are you doing with me? I go to the field. I come to the battle. I go to the field. I come to the battle. And God's wanting to say, I want to make you a king. Some of you are kings. You're queens spiritually. God is wanting to raise you up to new life, to greater things than you can even imagine. He's got a family reunion for you in 50 years that if he so chooses to tarry, that great, great grandchildren will be at saying, they're going to come up to you. I see it. I will prophesy this. They're going to come up to somebody and say, I want to thank you, Papa for living for God. I want to thank you that you broke the curse on my life. I want to thank you, grandmother, that somebody in our family tree finally got a routine that was going to change us forever. Come on, everybody stand. He wants to turn your mess into a miracle. Joshua and the children of Israel marching around that wall and it became monotonous. Let's just begin to worship the Lord right now. Father, we worship you. Somebody raise your hands wherever you're at right now. God's wanting to move right now. He's wanting to move in somebody's heart right now. Wherever the man is, wherever the woman is, you start you start making your heart right with the Lord right now. Lord, I repent. I repent. Lord, prepare me, Lord. Prepare me to be a sanctuary. Holy. Devoted to you, Jesus. Say that right now, church. Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy devoted to you. Y'all hang on, hang on. Joshua was given specific instructions and he said, you go out and you march around that wall. Why, God? 
Why march? And if you don't know the story, they marched a full day. They blew the trumpets, but they kept their mouths shut. And they listened to the voice of God only. And God said, you just be quiet. Let me do the work. You be quiet. Let me do the work. You get on this wheel and you let me do the work. You let me mold you. Let You let me take you down when I want to take you down. You let me build you up when I want to build you up. You let me put something here. You let me mold you and make you as I see fit. Because I see you as a king. And you don't even know it. You're so worried about going back and forth from the field to the battle to the field of the battle. And you want to be in the battle. You can't handle the battle right now. You need to be molded and made. You need routine. You need to be strong in the word of God you need to be strong in prayer because you don't know the Goliath that you're going to face so don't worry that routine of working your sword working your sword working the spirit working and knowing how to pray and knowing how to battle you don't know what kind of battle you're going to face you don't know the Goliath that's going to be put in front of you but they had to march and then they wake up the next morning and they had to march keep Marching, Keep marching because there's going to be a seventh day where you march and you keep marching and you keep marching and you keep marching. And that seventh time around, there's going to be a blast of the trumpets and a yell. And that wall of Goliath that's in your life, that was in my life, is going to fall. And you're going to walk in and you're going to destroy the enemy's camp. You're going to destroy the enemy and it's going to be a routine victory and the strength where does it come from the ability where does it come from it's that routine it's that routine just marching around the walls this is boring I don't want to have to take my kids with me on another march this is boring I'm having to tell I'm going to teach my kids how to how to just trust God I just have to just keep teaching my kids. And my wife is probably wondering. Everybody's wondering, God, what are you doing? And he said, you're on that wheel. You're on that wheel. Yeah, you're on the wheel. We're just making circles. Lord, I'm spinning my wheels. I'm just making circles. Lord, I'm just making circles. I'm chasing my tail. You just keep doing it. Just keep chasing it. You just, as long as God is here. This is how you grow upwards. This is how you have strength. It's not like this. You don't grow upwards and have strength by... Oh, okay. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what y'all doing Friday night? Y'all still marching over there? (laughs) Y'all still having church over there at Covenant Church? Do you... We're having a blast over here, man. We just having fun. He's playing some tunes. We just kick back, drinking, smoking, you know, whatever. No, what you need to be over here is with your with your brother, with your sister. You need to be over here going. And what you feel like is circles is really spiraling you up. Come on, we're getting up, up, up. Are you tired? Keep marching. Are you unsure? Keep marching. Are you discouraged? Keep marching. Are you hopeless? Keep marching. They had a daily routine coupled with an unwavering faith. They were marching with a promise. They knew what was coming. So if you don't know what's coming, I'm telling you what's coming for you. Victory. A marriage that is so strong that it cannot be broken. It's a marriage that God put together. You were not, you didn't meet that woman. God did not put the perfect woman, men, in your life so that you could go out 
side of your marriage and find two or three little floozies and have a couple of two or three other perfect. No, no, no. God put the perfect woman in your life for you to be together with for life. You know, the penguins up in the Antarctic, they got it figured out. They got it all. They're way better than us. A penguin finds a mate for life. And I don't know about y'all, but they all look the same to me. But somehow or another, they go up there and they migrate and they hear that voice of that other female penguin. And out of thousands and thousands, they find each other again. Some of y'all need to follow the voice of God and you need to go back to your true love. I'm talking about physical, your wife, your husband. And then after that, you get, come on. Well, actually before that, I don't want to get things out of order, but you need to go back to your one true love. You need to go back to God. And if you can't hear the voice of God, you just put your ear to the, to the, to the track a little bit closer. And whatever you can hear, if it's just through this voice right here today and this bunch of words written on a paper with some highlights on it, I'm telling you, God is here. He's speaking to you and He's saying, come back to me. God can turn the impossible into a routine victory. I know they're getting ready to have a baptism and when they wave at us, we're going to baptize somebody. But in the meantime, let's do this. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you will. Let's reverence the Spirit of God and what He's wanting to do in this place. I thank you for your attention and I thank you for listening to me. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I can't do anything without your Word and your anointing. Lord, I want to thank you from my heart to yours for putting this Word into my heart so that I could share it. And I thank you, God, first of all, that you spoke to me. And Lord, right now, as you're speaking to somebody else, about this routine, this grind, what they're going through. There is more, there is more power, but we have got to get centered. We have got to put you number one in our lives. So every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you here today, and you feel like, that's me. I need God back in the center of my life. You don't have to move. You don't have to go anywhere. Nobody's looking. But if you would, just show it to God. Make a little effort for once in your life and say, Lord, that's me. I need more of you in my life. And I'm going to be honest and I'm going to raise my hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. If that's you, just raise that hand. Just, Just wave it to God. He's your loving Father. He's the one who gave you breath in your lungs. And He's the one who's going to take you out of this world when He comes back. I like it. I like it. Come on. You can put that hand down. I want to make it easy, very, very easy for everyone here because somebody today needs some strength from you. They need some strength from you. They need for you to take them by the hand and say, hey, man, I'm I'm experiencing the blessings of God. It's good. I'm centered. Not only have I been built up and made into something beautiful, but God put me through the fire. Do you know that there is some fire that comes with some heat? that comes with making that piece, that mud into pottery that lasts a lifetime. So somebody makes a move and they're coming to this altar. It needs to be that there's somebody here already. So this is the altar call today. The altar call today is if God has already put you through the fire and He's already made it to where you're experiencing the blessings of God, just come on down. 
If that's your, if you're experiencing the blessings of God and God's been good to you, just come on down to the altar. And you know why we're doing this? What we're doing is we're making now. Let's don't make anybody feel awkward. Let's all come to the front. Everybody, come up. Come on up. Come on up. If you want to stand in the back, that's fine. You don't have to come up. It's all good. I want, what I'm doing is I want to make it easy for somebody that wants to move and make a move to God, but not be called out. We, we, man, this church is so far beyond guilting people and calling people out. We don't do that. If, if you don't make it to church for the next six months and I run into you at the store, I'm not going to say, man, I cannot believe, man. What in the world? What? No. What are we going to do, Covenant Church? We're going to wrap them up. We're going to wrap them up in a hug and say, man, I'm so glad to see you. And God loves you. He's got more for you. We don't guilt trip. We don't hold something over your head and say, I'm so holy and you're not. I mean, no, look, I mean, I'm, I'm just so full of God and you're not. I don't introduce myself as brother. And you, at, well, hi, I'm Brother Jeremy. What's your name? Oh, you're John? I'm Brother Jeremy. I'm Pastor Jeremy. Oh, you're just John. No, no, no. I'm Jeremy. You're John. We brothers. We on the way. Hey, I, you don't know it, but just the other day, I got pressed down. Pressed down. And you may see, oh, he's got it all together. No, God said, I'm going to mold you a little bit more. I'm going to make you a little taller. But to make you go taller, I'm going to have to smash you down a little bit smaller. Some of us, to get taller, you need to get smaller. I want y'all to sing this worship song. And, and God's about to move in this place. And I want you to, you got to voice it. You got to speak it. So let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus right now and say, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. So I'm every head raised. Let's raise our hands.
Let's make some vows today. Let's make some promises that we're going to keep. Let's do it. What do y'all say? What do you say? Let's make some promises. It's not January 1st yet. But I want to start turning over some new leaves right now. And I kind of would like to leave a whole bunch of bagged up, smelly, dry, dirty leaves behind. I don't want to bring and drag all those leaves with me. I want to actually burn those in the ditch. Okay? Let's turn over some new leaves. How many will... Well, here we go. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. You ain't got to raise your hand. But let's make a vow that we're going to get in this word all of this week. Okay? Oh, Oh, come on now. Some of y'all, y'all had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. It's a grind. Oh, you're going to add some more to my grind. It's not a grind, man. Come on, woman. This ain't no grind. This is good stuff. Now listen, I will advise you to be smart when you go to start reading first. Because if you go into all the begats and begat this and so-and-so begat, you don't, don't go read the whole lineage of the Bible first. You need to get there. You need to know some of these jokers, they they weird, man. I mean, they're talking about we some weird stuff in the Bible. You need to know who that daddy was and that cousin and that cousin because those cousins, and okay, I just I ain't going to go there. But let's make a vow that we're going to get in this word all this next week. And some of y'all, you like, I mean, I hate reading. I hate to read. Well, you've got a phone. And I tell you what, if you just got to watch videos, you just have to watch a video. Have somebody on a video on YouTube read you the Bible. Go find a sermon. I'm going to tell you somebody that I like to listen to. His name is Jensen Franklin. His sermons are shorter than mine by about 10 minutes. And you can listen to it on the way to work while you're sipping on cup of joe and it's good you get some good stuff in you and then let's do something else that we need to do it's routine but there's power in the routine what what are we going we're going to pray you need i need to pray we're going to pray this week brother wes Brother Wes, it's all on you. I want you to take it from here. Angela, upon the confession of your faith and the obedience to the word of God, move I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Hallelujah in the middle of my storm. You know the Bible says 
that thou, O God, preparest a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. So some of y'all got some enemies. Some of y'all got some things you're dealing with. And God is saying right in the smack dab middle of all that junk you're going through, I'm going to make a big old spread. And I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you. You're going to be over there just slopping it up. Boy, I'm eating. This is good. And you're going to look, yeah, while you're spitting on me, while you're cursing me, while you're trying to get me down in the very presence of my enemies, I'm just eating. I'm just eating. God says, you know what? I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So what are we going to do this week? We're going to get in our word all this week. I know I put one week on it. You need to do it the rest of your life. All this week. Pray all this week. Eat. Eat. And I'm expecting to see some big time, stronger, buff, spiritually speaking. People walk through that door come Tuesday, Wednesday, next Sunday. And some of y'all, I want to see y'all overweight. Some of y'all are underweight. You're in a different weight class. God wants to raise you up into a bigger weight class. They say, you need to eat. I say this all the time when somebody likes to make fun of my eating. I say, a growing boy got to eat. Y'all are growing spiritually. It's time to grow. Let's go. I love y'all. God bless you.